Well, this is the first podcast after potentially the biggest news broke in the history of football ever. Mm -hmm. A coach got sacked. We don't know what happens from here. Join us on this journey as we work through what happens when a coach leaves his job. We have the final Fox footy theme. We have a lot of other things. Rip Rolf, let's bounce that pill. Coming to you on the beautiful 25th of May, where it's a drizzly 15 degrees outside here in Brunswick, where we're recording the footy with Broden Kelly and also Tom. Tom, happy Thursday. Thank you. Happy Thursday to you. Thank you for the weather update. Yes, because you said to start doing that from now on, and so I did it for you. Yeah, it's very professional. You, you We're working towards that Friday, aren't we? Yeah. And you know what happens on Fridays? What happens? Just pills. Just everywhere. Just getting bounced. Rains. At nauseam. Bounce, 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 bounce. And shelved in clubs. No, we don't talk about that. We're talking about the Leather Sharon, mate, or oh, the right. Faulkner, mate. Yeah, okay. Pil- pills, pills, pills are plenty is yeah. what, uh, you know, call me call me the Moran family and Carl Williams because I love them moving them pills. <laughs> I, over the last week, whenever a football game got boring and I was home, you know, doing nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I went onto YouTube and found old documentaries from the ABC or like Channel 9, um, about the early 2000s gangland wars. Mm-hmm. And I remember being maybe 14 at the time, right, you know, when it was all going down, the murders were happening. There was one that was literally down the street from where we are now. Mm. Literally a few, actually. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is the coolest thing to ever happen. <laughs> this is so cool how many gangland murders there are. We're living in like New York City. Mm. And uh, looking back on it now, it's the most embarrassing. It's like listening to the music you liked when you were in year nine, Mm. uh, watching it all. Are you familiar with the whole Moran family, the the whole underworld fallout? I watched Underbelly, but that was what, when we were 15? Tell you what, I think it's on Stan. Yeah. You should, while you're doing your runescape or whatever you do, Mm -hmm. watch a bit of the show. It has not aged well. It has right. this weird, it has this weird energy, right? We're in Australia. For any shows, any TV dramas or comedies that were made in Melbourne from about the year two thousand, actually for earlier, like for, from the nineties, two thousands, and into the teens, every show is made in the Paran South Melbourne area of of Melbourne because mm. a lot of TV production companies were based around there. And so they wanted. They only know that side of Melbourne. Mm. And so most TV shows that I've ever been on are shot in around St Kilda, South Melbourne, Paran, Windsor. Mm-hmm. And so underbelly, there's scenes where it's like Carl Williams who lived in Broad Meadows, and he's yeah. clear, and like he used to meet at Red Roosters to organise hits. Right, yeah. biggest biggest bogan in the world. Sure. And there's meetings where they've like dressed a beautiful. <laughs> Paran restaurant as a red rooster. <laughs> it's just got this whole weird energy and like cop chase scenes around nice areas of South Melbourne. Mm. It does your head in. It's very, very funny. Um, I give that's my TV watch of the week, season one of Underbelly. <laughs> to give you a very quick uh, backstory, the first big hit was Alphonse Gangitano. Yes. The Black Prince of Ligon Street. Yeah. And then uh, Carl Williams got shot in the tummy by the Morans. Yeah. And so he started to knock all their family off. Very intense times. Yeah. How did I get here? Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, to be <laughs> honest. I feel like this is just where your heart is. Yes. Well, yeah. R.I.P. Carl. Yeah. 
Oh, he got murdered in uh, prison, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. He got yeah. he got hit yeah, a bike a bike a bit of a bike. Someone knocked him over the head with it. Oh, that's brutal, isn't it? Well, that's you know that's the that's the life of a crim. Mm. And that's why we choose to podcast for no money instead. Yes. Still no sponsors. Good point to mention. <laughs> Tom, a huge thing happened on Monday night. Mm. One of the, potentially the most successful coach of the last 15 years. Would you say more successful than Clarkson, Alastair Clarkson? Uh, well, that's really tough to say. I mean, a bit of recency bias, but yeah, it felt like, uh, uh, yeah, I would lean towards that, yes. Most decorated, most definitely, mm. in that he played. He had a premiership with Essendon, premiership with Port, and then three premierships as a coach, yeah. almost four. I think the three on the trot is hard to beat, isn't it? But, yeah. Three on the trot is yeah, incredible. Three in it? four years is also very good. Yeah, true. What I'll say is we're not going to talk about Damien Hardwick too much because if you're like me and you listen to football media ad nauseum, mm. I've said ad nauseum twice this episode. That's good. I'll see how many times I can say it. <laughs> see if I can say it ad nauseum. Yeah. What'd you say? Three times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought I-, I genuinely had a panic. I was like, did I just hear something in my head? Am I hearing shit or did Tom whisper into the mic? That's not what interests me or it's not, I yeah, think, sure. at least what we talk about. This show is about footy from a wider lens. Mm. We're not just talking about the footy happenings. Yeah. I want to talk about what fascinates me most about this week is a man called Tom Morris. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people will know what I'm about to start talking about. Other people, I am their kind of eye into the footy world Mm -hmm. because I know all this stuff. And I don't know how much you know. So I'm going to try and fill you in on Tom Morris. Let me. This is my understanding of the man Tom Morris, okay? Let me tell you the story of a man. Tom Morris is a journalist, Mm -hmm. an AFL sports journalist, a news-breaking journalist, for a very we, let's start our story in twenty. Put some um, adventure music under this. Sure. We f- we start our story in the year twenty twenty two. We find Tom Morris working as the main news reporter for Fox Footy. Mm-hmm. He breaks all the stories for Fox Footy. He is he has the energy of like a private schoolboy. I'll st- that, I think that's important to mention. He's got a bit of the private schoolboy, one of the lads kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Do I need to go into more detail with that? He's uh, immediately unlikable, in your opinion. I want to keep this. <laughs> I want to keep this. I want to keep this kind of level. Sure. And then and and then and then ask you a question at the end. Sure. Okay. So at the start of last year, round one, he got into a fight post game with the coach of Western Bulldogs, Luke Beveridge, where Luke Beveridge, he broke a story, which I can't genuinely remember what it was. He broke something about a player not playing. Someone was dropped. Yeah. Someone was dropped and he broke the news. Yeah. And Luke Beveridge was really unhappy about it. So at the press conference, Tom Morris put his hand up and asked a question and Luke Beveridge turned back to him and said, you got a lot of gall showing up here. How dare you? the way you break news and, and went and went the man and, mm-hmm. and said you are a disgrace of a person for the way you go about it. so there's a kind of energy from a lot of football people that and and generally across the board with news breaking journalists mm-hmm. is that they you know the, the hiding in bins kind of energy of like they 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 break trusts they get in there and they take information that you know football coaches and football clubs really really hate Mm-hmm. So Luke Beveridge in this press conference in front of everyone 
went went Tom Morris quite hard. Yeah. And within that, Tom Morris famously he said, "Does your employer is your employer happy with how you conduct yourself?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Yep, Fox backs me." Yeah. This is a long story, but it's a good story, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he so then he he said Fox backs me. They had a big fight. Luke Beveridge got canned in the media for for, for smashing a for a journalist. Mm-hmm. The next thing that happened is because Tom Morris was in the media, a bunch of people started to leak things he'd said in private conversations that were just reprehensible, just awful, awful things. There was two major instances where one came out that was just awful, sexist, disgusting. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you heard that, it, it got spread around in social media as, look at this guy, Tom Morris. This is the kind of things he says. And it was really, really sexist and awful. And then a few days later, another one came out that was him off his face drunk, I think leaving a game and saying awful racist stuff. So he has this energy of a guy who show that um, is it unfair to say private school boy energy? No, I think that's completely fair, but maybe we should describe what that means to us. Yeah, because we're public school boys. Yeah. But it kind of the idea of guys who know what to say at the exact right moment, if they're in front of an audience or in front of people who will judge what they say, put on a very clean, smart, respectable face, know what the right thing is Mm -hmm. to say at the right moment, know how to conduct themselves in a respectable way. But as soon as they're behind closed doors with the guys, then they're a completely different person and are and are easy and happy to say awful shit. Totally. And it's people that know how to dress the right way, mm-hmm. conduct themselves in the right way because they've come from money. Yeah. But essentially they're part of the old boys. They're protected. Yeah. They and have an invincibility complex. And are probably smart enough to know how to get away with things that other people aren't, you know, aren't totally. cluey enough to get away with. So then these things come out. And when you heard the first recording, you were like, there's no way he keeps his job at Fox Footy. Yeah. And then a second one came out and you're like, you're gone. And, and that ended up being the case within three or four days of these things getting released. From the day Tom Morris got slammed in the press conference to it being Luke Beveridge, you should almost lose your job for the way you talk to people, to him apologising, to then Tom Morris being leaked on, to him being fired, it was this huge situation. Mm-hmm. And so Tom Morris was essentially cancelled out of football culture. Yeah. And for a whole year was not seen from or heard way. He had to leave the industry and was really shamed out of the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Flash forward a year later to, that's the other thing that's important to note, is the AFL works in seasons. And obviously it works in seasons for football, the literal act of football. But on top of that, football as a cancelling culture or as a, uh, everything happens in a season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So flash forward to February of this year. Tom Morris is given a second chance by... Craig Hutchison and SEN and Croc Media to host. He's given a small role to begin with, it looks like. He's given the role of hosting Sunday Morning Crunch Time, yep. which is a podcast and a live show that they put out. They have Crunch Time on Saturday, so it's by Jared Waitley with um, Mark McClure and Dermot Burton and uh, Sam Sam Edmund. Yep. And then on Sundays, it's kind of a younger crew learning the ropes. And alongside him being, it was kind of known clearly by Craig Hutchison um, that it was a controversial thing to bring him back mm-hmm. because he's so he's been so pushed away by the by the AFL community. 
Alongside that, Tom Morris went on another sort of SEN podcast hosted by uh, Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin, a show called Don't Shoot the Messenger, which is essentially uh, just another podcast they do, a female-led podcast. And he went on and did a full open what I've learned in a year. Mm -hmm. And from all accounts, it's a really, really positive step forward and something really important for young men to listen to because it's about here's how I behaved, here's what I learned, and here's why I'll never do that again. A very, It's my fault. Now, whether people are, 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 uh, believe that and actually say he learned a lot and he deserves another chance or not, that's kind of what happened there. It's up for discussion whether that is something someone sincerely learning and even though he was a complete prick, it's worth him learning. It's worth people hearing how someone learned and how they evolved and how they're better. Or is it just a private school guy going, I know how to get my job back and here's the pathway to get my job back. And you probably never know the answer to that. You never know. Yeah. Or does it even matter that he's just doing that if it's if what he says, even if he's doing it for self self you know better you know mm. self career improvement, does the message of that and does that end justify that means of teaching younger people that it's not okay to do that, or is it a bad message to send that you can say awful shit and if you if you come out in the media and say I've learned my ways, you can just have your job back. Mm -hmm. That's all a question mark. Yeah. Then just flash forward to Monday. Mm -hmm. He kind of is doing, has been doing a little bit of news breaking. He hasn't been put front forward back in the media. He's had a little job, a little Sunday morning job, and he can, he can break a bit of news. Mm -hmm. He then breaks the biggest story of the year. Tuesday, Monday night, he's getting word somehow from somewhere. He gets word from somewhere that... The, the most successful coach currently in the AFL is quitting. Mm -hmm. He's leaving his job immediately, which is just massive. One of the biggest clubs in the, in the country, one of the most successful, most decorated coaches is quitting immediately. Mm -hmm. He gets that information, right, and breaks it. There's no one knows about it. From what I've heard, it, journalists, no one had any inkling that this was happening, yeah. which is just like, I don't know what the equivalent, it's, it's, it's like... It's he he would probably win a journalist medal for <laughs> like award for, for for how well he did. Yeah. Apparently, uh, he uh, he rang Richmond and mm -hmm. said, "Hey, I've heard this is happening. Do you want to have a comment?" And they said no. He rang Hardwick and said, "Do you want to have a comment?" And he chose not to. And then Richmond contacted him and said, "If you go with this." Your entire network will never get an interview with Richmond again, yeah, and right. that's only—that's the only thing that they've gone public with. Apparently, it was a lot worse than that, right? Which is, I wonder if they will actually hold themselves to that. Mm -hmm. But it just was a. All I've heard, what it fascinates me more than a coach quitting, is the story of this person who was kicked out of the media to coming back and having breaking one of like the biggest stories in years. Yeah, it's an incredible story. How am I supposed to feel about that, Tom? I think it's complex. Yes, that's. but I want you to sort of sum it up in a sentence for me. Yeah. Now, give me a few sentences. Um, I, I mean, on the Tom stuff, I, I dis... Tom Morris. On not Tom, Tom Morris. Morris. Not, Tom. Not, not me. Um, I dislike him and I would have been happy for him to never return to the media. Yeah. So let's just put that out there. Mm -hmm. Taking... 
him as a person out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with the way that he handled himself and the way that he reported. And I think that is an unpopular opinion. What's you your opinion? Yeah, because I, I, there was definitely, when it came out, there was a lot of people going, it's, I hate him because he broke the news before the players knew. Yes. Now, I get if people hate him and will never listen to him and will never respect him again. Yeah. I fully think that's fine. Yeah. But I'm curious as to whether that is is being clouded with how they feel about... It, it, it's, it seems to me like a lot of people who hate him finding a moral a moral a arbitrary moral line in the sand from which to say that he's overstepped the mark correct and i would admit that that's how my immediate gut was yeah my immediate gut was um so a two-step thought Brandon. let's talk you through it my immediate gut was breaking this story 12 hours early no one gains anything except for Dimmer and the club not being able to control it in the way that they yes. would like to. Yes. And I was like, no one's gaining anything from this breaking early. In NBA media, a lot mm. of the times when stuff gets leaked or stuff gets broken, there's a clear winner there. Yeah. So right now, Harden stuff in the NBA, James Harden is getting leaked all the time that he's going to go back to Houston on this giant contract. Yeah. Now, we know immediately that Harden's people are putting out that leak so that he has a better negotiating handle yeah. in the Philly stuff. Yep. So usually in other media stuff, I was like, there's, you know, because I dislike Tom Morris, I was like, there's nothing to be gained here. He probably should have just let this one be. However, that was just my initial thought. And you know me, often I'm wrong about stuff, but what I pride myself on is being able to adjust my opinion based on, you know, yeah. information that's out there. So I thought I would read you a tweet, Broden, that I saw. I love tweets. Are they, yeah. are they from Twitter? This is from Twitter. And this is... Um, this is how where I've landed now. The wording of this tweet, whatever, but I'll read it to you. Mm-hmm. If you honestly think Tom Morris was wrong for breaking the Damien Hardwick story, you have no idea how media and journalism works. Tom got a scoop. He checked it. He ran it. That's journalism. Waiting for permission to run is PR. Uh, that sentence there I really resonates with. Did me. Tom Morris tweet that? No, 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 no. That was from someone else. Is but, that just a rando? Uh, that's from someone called Shane McInnes. I don't know if they're a journalism or a journalist or, or whatever. It's inter- but it's funny because you go like most media people. It's funny, right? Because you go media people uh, on the whole defended the yeah. the choice to do it. Yes. Now the question on that is: is that just media people getting around a media person? Yeah. Or or a journalist person? Or is that people who know this stuff more than anyone? Mm saying, no, this is how it's done. Because I think there's been countless situations where something like this has happened and you don't even know the journalist who broke it. 100%. No, I, and I agree with you. And But like that sentence of, if you break a story, it's journalism. Mm-hmm. If you do what the club and the AFL and Dimmer wants you to do, it's yes. literally PR. And Tom Morris doesn't work for Richmond. Yeah. He doesn't work for the AFL. No. He doesn't have to follow how they want to paint a story. Yeah. He can break the truth. That is his It's funny though job. to see his... his the way he's behaved for a long time, Tom Morris, mm-hmm. and chose to live his life affects the way that in a moment like this he's seen, even yeah, and, though he's been brought back. And like I admit, I, I felt that way immediately too because I, I don't particularly it like It feels him. to me like it could almost be an HBO drama, the way of a guy getting shut out, then coming back and having the biggest news story in the world and still yeah. be... It feels house of early House of Cardsy. 
yeah. from what you know this, the reference in my head. Who, um, who do you think? It's complex world. Yes, it's complex, abhorrent history, huge moment for him. Don't know how to feel. Yeah, and that is the one part of the fallout I've been hating is, you know, Kane Corns getting him on Sports Day and going, "How did you feel when you broke it?" Like and talking him up. That's really made me sick, and I'm not about that. But Broden, what I want to know is. Who stands to gain from leaking this? And this is the th- thing I've been thinking about a lot because sometimes I think that news is broken mm-hmm. or leaked so that by the time the press conference happens, I everyone's think- sort of calmed and settled down and it's not news anymore. My genuine vibe, right, is it could be as simple as... It could be... he. He lives in a world of an inner circle of Melbourne of people. When you go to private schools in Melbourne, it's not really talked about unless you go to them, I don't think. But when you're in that world, there's this inner sanctum of everyone, you know, message threads, this and that. It would only take him sending out a message or someone in the office who dates someone who went to school with him and that partner going, hey, you're my friend. Hardwick's quitting. That's all it would take. It wouldn't, it doesn't have, and, and I think a lot of, there's some people who would do it for leaks, leak a story like you said with Harden for personal gain, or yeah. it's good to get this rhetoric out there yeah. to help my position. But there's some people who just will go like, hey, Tom Morris is my mate from school. Here's a scoop for you, friend. Like a friend who is somehow connected because they like, it's, it's most people in Melbourne in that particular world know each other. Totally. But- I'm just thinking, and you can tell me I'm incorrect about this. It's got a. If Damien Hardwick decides to quit on Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. he tells Brendan Gale, and mm-hmm. he and Brendan Gale probably tells the interim coach. Yeah, who's what? What's his name? McCall. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who else is being told? At I this think point? around the office stuff starts to happen. Like I think there's been places, there's been instances where I know people who work at media organisations mm-hmm. who tell me things uh, before. It breaks on things. There's there's been instances where I've heard something through message groups that I'm in, yeah, and then go and then heard it happen three hours later. Yeah, I I, I think there's a difference between the people you tell. It's COVID as well. COVID is you get sick, you give it to one person. That person can give it to eight people. Those people sure. can give it to eight people. Yeah, all it takes is for Brendan Gale's, you know, assistant to hear that. It, it doesn't take much. There's the people who formally know something and there's the people who actually know something. Yeah. I think it might be as simple as that. The other thing I heard a little bit of rumblings is that he had announced it was his last season, mm-hmm. which is what he said yesterday. But maybe that was out there because I think I heard Tom Morris say that I'd heard something, wasn't quite sure what it was. Yeah. And then something escalated from there. So he might have known that it was leaning that way but wasn't ready to go with that and then hurt. Because, yeah, I, I don't know the details he, of it. Yeah, he may have rang but someone at the club and tr- and tricked him into yeah, revealing exactly. a bit more, you know? Like. There's the... the um, What was I going to say? That's gone. That moment's gone. Anyway, I thought it was just a very... The thing that interested me most about this week was the story of this journalist. Yeah. Who was, a you know, people had the worst opinion of him and in spite of that has gone back and cracked a story that is like, Upturned the yeah. AFL community. It's just a fascinating situation. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty serious. Mm. Let's move on to the final version of the Fox Footy Remix. <laughs> Do a stick. Uh, 
I like the uh, Gandalf one, by the way. Is that Gandalf? Yeah, that was, no, that was just like something. I, I, typed in, I typed in Sting into my little sound library and that came up. What was it? I don't know. It was funny though, wasn't it? You are a... St- what did you say? It said something about Sting, right? That, that was the point, I think, was that, that it, was, it said Sting. Anyway, yeah, it was really funny, wasn't it? It was really funny. And then I was going to go with silly for the whole thing. But then you just went, you know, you reset. You went back to not silly. Yeah, I was like, I'll do one silly one and then we'll go from there. All right, here is the final version of the Fox Footy Remix. How long have we we been working away at this, Tom? So this is the fourth week. This is our kind of um, magnum opus. Mm. This is our letter to the world. This is what will be, um, what will be left when we're gone. Yeah, so somehow... Tomorrow, I'll work out how to put this on Instagram or maybe I'll put it on SoundCloud. I was going to say, yeah. what are we allowed to do with this? We can't do anything with it. No, we can't do anything. But you can put it on SoundCloud and, and Instagram or something. SoundCloud and Instagram. I think if we make a TikTok out of it, it might go good. Yeah, sure. Maybe if we make a TikTok out of it. Yeah. But then we can't monetize it. No. We can't make bank off it. No. Because that would be against my morals to do so anyway. No, not me. I'm about <laughs> juicing every last grape. Yeah. Um, so, what have you got for me in this final week? So, uh, a few additions. First of all, someone said, add the KO ding ding. Okay. Big tick. Someone said, add the siren. Can't believe I didn't think of it myself. You know what I find with the siren, right? And mm. the AFL, like the MCG siren, is <laughs> when you listen to like any footy radio, yeah. anyone, any like ad, anyone who's trying to sell something mm. and they're like, it's for a footy audience. And they're like, we've got to make an ad for footy. And they're like, but I've got to express that our steel is the best steel for building <laughs> sheds out of. <laughs> they just put the siren in and yeah, they're totally. like, this steel footy solutions. season, you need steel. Steel's really good because steel is steel. Boy, <laughs> steel here. <laughs> and you're like, totally. that had nothing to do with footy. 100%. Go on. Um, so a lot of people... Uh, basically, the feedback we got this week was not really any like cool, fun ideas, but people had a lot of commentary and and bits and pieces of words they wanted to put in, right? Yes. And I felt like there was definitely room for one more, and the most common one we got was the Tom Boyd BT goal call. Yeah, okay. Was you know, f- 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 oh, f- yeah. Great. Um, oh, by the way, last yeah. week yeah. we said no more swearing. Yeah. And we... We got about three quarters in yeah. and then there's this run where you say the F word like nine times yeah. uncensored. <laughs> like, uncensored? Did yeah, I miss it? Oh. like a whole section where you're just like going. Oh, I, I, I warned Broden about this. I was like, I'll try very hard to beep them all. But So that was very funny to me, uh, but you, you did your best. There was a lot of beeping. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, what? okay, you've got the BTF in there. What else have we got? Uh, and then a lot of people also said to put in the We Love Football rap. Yes, okay. Now, can so, you tell us about well, this? We, well, yes, the re- We Love Football rap from the 80s, which is where they got a, a, a player from every club, and it's a sick song. Shall we play a little bit of it? Yeah, sure. Um, it sh- I should also shout out uh, the Junk Time podcast, ho- hosted by Adam Rosenbachs and Michael Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. which is a brilliant footy podcast that I've been on before and is an institution in footy podcast. This is their intro song. but uh, So we've put a little bit of the We Love, We Love Football into our one. It's a great fucking song. Yeah. I mean, it's a great song. Here's a little bit of it. Reminds me of Donnie Darko for some reason. It's an 80s hip-hop beat. Mm. 
there's rapping or something. Long intro. Two, three, here we go. No. No. Wow. Yeah, so I put in a big chunk of that. Um, what I would say is I think we've got to the point where the remix is very full. Yes. It's very full. There's can, general improvements. Can I add our bad news? Yeah, sure. We were going to get Joey Walker from King Gears to do it and he ran out of time because he has an album coming out at the end of the week and they go on tour. So oh, wow. I, he wants to do something again in the future but couldn't do it this week. So our, our apologies to anyone who wanted to hear legitimately good musicians have a crack at this but you we have a good backup <laughs> musician you have a guitar solo in yeah, it. yeah so i added a guitar solo where joey was going to do one i just brought in the axe at 8am this morning and had a <laughs> had a little bit of a shred to see what came out um all right shall we have a listen we'll just play it through this is the final this presentation the final four weeks this is to go on tiktok and soundcloud hit it What's the <laughs> Jared, Jared, look at that, look at that. You play us, you can never be the same. You think 
what it takes to beat you. Where the city falls, we never fiddle. Where it's comfortable, we go straight down the middle. Hey, pull it. You ain't no bitch. It's a lion who hates us. One more thing. There it is. The masterpiece. Hey, that rapping in there hit hit hard. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> it's quite funny, isn't it? It's go, it actually goes off like these, these just that very simple hip hop <laughs> to like just like a, this absolute beat. Go back. Can you give me some of that again? Yeah, give you a bit of that. It sounds really good. Let's have a little bit. The cats are Ain't no on the way. They come in hard. It's the confidence they have. I like it. It's dope. I love it. That's really good. Well, there it is. How do we now? My question to you, yeah, is how do we make this go TikTok viral? Well, I mean, you know what the easiest thing to well, the the best thing to do and the most difficult thing, yes, would be to cut like a video clip together of it of like all the bits that are sampled. And yeah, stuff. I don't have that power. No, no one, no one. I can't, no, no, I don't, know, I don't know how to edit videos. Yeah, but you know, it would be that would be the coolest thing if you had like BT, you know, and you yeah. had like. All that sort of stuff. But yeah, no one knows how to do that. That's unfortunate. We can't get that done. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll have to just put it on SoundCloud. But we could try it. Oh, I don't know. We got, to, we got to get a TikTok. One, get a TikTok. Sure. Two, get a good algorithm going for our account on the TikTok. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, good stuff like yeah. uh, 9-11 and, uh, <laughs> and football content. Uh, then put that video up. Put that video up. Because they want you to go viral early. Yeah, right. They want your first up. And by viral... Early. I mean, viral for an AFL remix song, so about 7,000 views. Yeah, that's the other thing you'd do for TikTok is you'd cut up each section. Yes, I, I agree with that. Mm. I, let's do that. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. You can have like a dubstep. Bit, and then you know? we will be TikTok famous. Yeah, correct. And then we can go to the TikTok Awards in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll get a sponsor. Oh, no, that's don't, don't be crazy. <laughs> don't jump to All right. <laughs> Now, Tom, we almost had a mental breakdown last week. You were talking about a you, on Sun on Monday. You were mm-hmm. talking about an ex coach who yeah. is a list manager, <laughs> who is a failure, who is an idiot. You kept saying he's an idiot. He's an ex coach yeah. and he's a list manager and he's an idiot. I kept saying Terry Wallace. You yeah. just kept saying no. Yeah. The name that was vehemently uh, ad nauseum yeah. brought back to us yeah. was Matt Rendell. Yes. Matt Rendell. Yes. Is that who you were thinking of? Yes. Now, I was a bit iffy on the details, but he is an idiot. <laughs> Why is... You can't just say someone's an idiot. No, because we were talking about how list managers, when they don't know the depth of the draft and stuff, mm-hmm. will 
just acu- say it's a weak draft and stuff. Yeah. And that is his bag for sure. He's that sort of, you yes. know, I actually think the number one pick this year is going to be very bad. He's a big part of trade radio, Tom. Yes. And I hate when he's on. Now, <laughs> we when we get to trade radio, we should start for that whole period, yeah. that two, three weeks. Yeah. Trade radio, for those of you who don't know, is one of the funniest things in the AFL world. The footy footy is done, right? Yeah. And there is like a three-week or a four, like a eight, I forget, like maybe say 14-day window yeah. where trades are happening, right? Yeah. And usually 95% of the trades that happen in this period happen in the last hour of the last day. Correct, yeah. So it's a Friday night at four o'clock or something like that. Mm-hmm. Croc Media, SEN. Craig Hutchison again, who comes up regularly in this show, <laughs> said, well, no, he's built something called Trade Radio through the AFL, mm-hmm. which is from like 6 a.m. every day to like 9 p.m. every day, constant coverage of Trade Radio. It's just And insane. these, like, it's full, it's a full radio station for like yeah. two, three weeks. Yeah. It's actually, I think it's on a week earlier than the trade season starts. Yeah, totally. You got to get that gossip in, who needs what. You got to list everyone's season. It's full gossip. And it's yeah. probably where this show came from is that you can talk about footy forever and people <laughs> yeah. are just hungry for it, even if you don't know what you are talking about. 100%. Matt Randell's a big part of this. Now, the most embarrassing thing is I do listen to this show. Yeah. Because usually if we're on holidays or something's going on, I'll put this stupid show on and listen all day. Yeah, and I've listened from time to time, I must admit. When our Netflix show came out in 2020, uh, I rang in. Yeah. uh, And this is my connection to Matt Rendell. (laughs) This is me calling in to AFL Trade Radio. Imar Insurance, the trade he's mate, call 13IMAR. Broden's done that. He's from Melbourne, wants to talk about Ben Brown. G'day, Broden. Yeah, g'day, boys. How's it going? We're well, mate. Good. That's the way. I just wanted to uh, put forward, obviously North aren't moving on this on this deal. Could Melbourne package up one or two of their second rounders, even three, and do you think that's too far? But also... Have you guys heard any rumblings or, you know, words out of clubs that they'll be watching Auntie Donna's Netflix series tonight, Melbourne comedy group Auntie Donna? So just those two things. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to with that latter one, but uh, with regards to the Ben Brown situation, I'd be staggered if he's not a, a Melbourne player by the close of play tomorrow night. Um, Hang on. As to how that happens. I, just I, straight bat to me. Yeah. Straight, absolute straight bat. They gave you a giggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So but that? That sounds like that other journalist, Damien, Damien Barrett, Barrett, a.k.a. Purple. And Matt Randell was on Matt there Matt Randell. Well. And then in the corner, I believe that is Stephen Silvani, the ex-player list manager right, of, of Carlton. Carlton. I'm going to call up this summer and just be like, Matt, you've got no idea what you're talking about, mate. You've got no clue. This is, you know, you could call up every day. You get. I tried to ring up this season and they saw my number and went, no. what do you want? <laughs> anyway, my favourite bit is... <laughs> just the start of it, which is just replicating any call into SEN. Yeah, you've got the Bogan accent Call 13 Imar. Broden's done that. He's from Melbourne, wants to talk about Ben Brown. G'day, Broden. Yeah, g'day, boys. How's it going? We're well, mate. Good. That's the way. <laughs> That's the way is really important because <laughs> yeah, you have to ask them a question. That All they want to do is get into your question. Yeah. And you tr- and you got to have a try and have a quick conversation <laughs> with them. Anyway, that's my connection to Matt Rendell. Love it. Now, people wanted to hear about the M- the MCC toilets. Yeah. Uh, uh, for context, I used to work there, 
and yeah, we were talking last week about little hacks at different grounds around the world and parking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit of a rundown on the best toilets in the MCC. They're going to be leaning towards male toilets because that's where I go to PP. Yes, correct. Uh, if you are on level one, mm-hmm. if you're on the ground level, there's a bar called the Bull Ring Bar. Mm-hmm. Walk behind the boring bar there's a tiny little end cove mm-hmm. with an empty toilet oh right toilet. no one knows about it it's supposed to be there for people in the boring bar to go to right but half the boring bar don't even know that toilet exists mm-hmm. if you get to a game early you want a clean fresh looked after toilet that's your toilet take a poo poo in let's go to level two right you're on level two in the mcc mm-hmm you are going to go to the far right of the MCC mm-hmm. to where the elevators are. Mm-hmm. Toilets to the right there. Can be a bit busy, but not as busy as the other ones. And more importantly, if you're lucky, you're going to bump into a coach. Right. Because the coach pathway down to the rooms at the MCG, if you're in the coaches' boxes and you are going to get down to the ground, it's an elevator only. So they haven't. they, they put aside... The elevators for the coaches to take down. Mm-hmm. So you can be there buying a four and twenty pie at the elevators, and you literally run into an AFL coach. It's a fun mm-hmm. little happening area mm-hmm. that I would recommend you enjoy. Let's go to level three. Okay, <laughs> there's only one toilet. Just go to them. Yeah, right. level four. There's just normal toilets. And, yeah, right. Know. So that is my toilet stuff. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on my toilet stuff? No, that sounds great. I think that's what the people need to know. I need more. There wasn't enough feedback this week, I'm going to be honest with you, about hacks and parking. I understand a lot of you are probably being holding cards close to your mm. chest about, no, I don't want anyone to know about my car park. There's only four people listening to this. We're not going to spread the news. Mm. I genuinely need to know because I am moving from an area that is on a train line to one where I'm probably going to have to start driving to the footy or at least getting a train or a tram from a section, like driving to a train station. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in a, in a state of change and state of um, reassessing how I get to the footy. So yeah. I would love people to engage with that. Email us at thefooty with Broden at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Thefootywithbroden at gmail.com. Correct. The name of the podcast. Yeah, but I, d- I didn't put Kelly there, which was an oversight. No, it's too long. Thefootywithbroden at gmail.com. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking at the time. <sighs> Shall we tip the football? Tipping. 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 (laughs) Let's tip the football. Can I start with my position on the ladder? Yeah, please. I am now an elite. Mm -hmm. I am now an elite loser. Yeah. Thank you to copying Broden who didn't copy me. Good. I am a game clear on the bottom. Excellent. Of our league. Of our league. Yeah. And then do you want it? I'm now within 300 people or thereabouts of being truly on the bottom of the ladder. I am 315, th- 315 666 thousandth out of... Yeah. Can you find out exactly what... It, can you do your math? Yeah. I'm 315 666 out of 315 798. Yeah. So you're 130 from the bottom. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's elite, right? <laughs> if, yeah. I was, if I was at the top... That would be insanity. Yeah. That would be insanity. Yeah. Shall I go through our absolute uh, top five? Yes. On the, on the, uh, actually, there is a big fight now. This is, there's a real scrap up the top here. Mm -hmm. JTSL, 
is winning. He had seven tips on the weekend, mm-hmm. which wasn't the clubhouse leader, but he is at 68. There which are a few is, nines going around. Which is one tip uh, for what? 69. It's one tip Ooh. off 69. He was one off 69. Draper's balls. Ash CKC. Matt with a cat. Salami Bocconcini, which is Mitchell's partner. Mm-hmm. Sahar. R- Rodell's Starman. Oh, well, we don't like this. That's like... is No, sorry. What? Not Matt Riddell. Rendell? Rendell. Not Matt Rendell. No. Matt, is that Matt Rendell? There's a few on 67. There is five on 62nd in second place yeah. with, you know, distant by margin. And then there's a bunch of 66s. Can I just call out one thing? Yes. This is um, how me and you were raised differently, had different childhoods. Sure. Draper's Balls. Yeah. It says Draper's Ball Z, like Dragon Ball Z, Broden. Oh yeah, and immediately that jumped out to me. But me and you, well, yeah. Well, do you do you think it's Draper's balls or do you think it's Draper's Ball Z? Well, I'm just saying it's different because you weren't a big Dragon Ball Z fan, were you? It's probably Draper's Ball Z, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But I don't know. But then <laughs> it could, it's, be, it could also could be, be Draper's, Draper's balls. balls. <laughs> uh, I I got I actually only got I got three tips, which means I was seven. Yeah, no, so I was six, seven. Yes, yeah, I need to talk directly to the fans. Where I've are you? A, I've let a lot of people down. I've yeah. dropped to a hundred thousands, and there were people. Who were following my tips. You appear mm-hmm. to have had some sort of light mental episode last week with yeah. your tipping. You correct. truly, I said it to you on air, but you lost your mind. Yeah. But spiritually, I think I was still correct about a bunch of those tips. Like the North tip, the Melbourne tip. Okay. So in actual factual sense, I tipped incorrectly. But spiritually, I was bang on. But what about like... North you- were the better team. Yes, they were. And I... Do you know what? I think Swans should have won. And I think, you know, that's the rule. <laughs> Okay, shall we crack in? Yeah, let's do it. SCG, Sydney Swans take on Carlton. Friday night, a good Saturday, a Friday night game for the Swannies. This is crazy, isn't it? Who wins this game? This is the toughest game to tip tip all year. I'm going to say Carlton by 15 because Sydney almost lost to North last week. They're in big trouble. Yeah. They are at home, though. They are better at the SCG. They are better at the SCG, of course. And Carlton are awful, too. But I just feel like... It's it's a gut feeling. I just feel like yeah. Carlton are just are just gonna win. I feel like Carlton. I I can't see Carlton ever winning a football <laughs> again. game again. They were. I I sat down and watched that game, and I was like, "How dare you?" They're insipid. That was insipid. <laughs> insipid. A it's great crazy. AFL word. Yeah. Because the list on paper, I still rate, but it just goes to show on paper means nothing. Insipid. Absolutely insipid. Mm. Okay. The next game, I'm 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 going to tip Carlton for the loss. Yeah, great. Because I do not trust them. Fair enough. Saturday at one forty-five, Marvel Stadium, St Kilda taking on Hawthorne. Flagthorn. Flagthorn. After last week, they're sitting here with three percent of the audience tipping them. Not me. I'm not, tipping them. <laughs> I'm going to tip St Kilda, but I could see a world in which Hawthorne takes the form of last week into this game and really pushes. Them. That's what I talked about on Monday. Absolutely, mm. is when you play that well in a game. Yeah. Surely, at least you play good for a quarter or so, and there could be, we could be sitting here on Monday talking about, holy hell, look at this little mid Hawthorne run. Yeah. All of a sudden, Sam Mitchell, look at the way he's put this team together. That's a genuine possibility. Hundred percent. Saints have an air of flake about. They've them. got, they've got some cracks. They've got some cracks. Mm. And when they first came in, that first five rounds, unbeatable, because they were a team that had a new coach, new structure, new drive, and then coaches started to say, oh, I see what they're doing. We just need to reassess and readjust this way. And now that we're round 10, 
part two of Sir Doug Nichols' rant. St. Kilda have a couple of things that you go and you coach against them. You go, okay, we're just going to address that and that. Mm. Hawthorne come in with the premiership energy of 20, like their last premiership. Mm. They could win, but I'm tipping them. But it's a danger game for me. Yeah, I'm tipping Saints. But yeah, I, mm, I, I, we, I had Saints, I think, finishing like 10th or 11th at the start of the year. Mm. I'm, I'm worried that they could still do that to me. Yeah, us. it's a danger game. Mm. Saturday afternoon, 2.10 at the MCG, the traditional 2.10 at the MCG. Nam take on Wally. Mm. You'll be going to I, this. I, am, I will be going to this. Mm. I am tipping Melbourne to win this. Yep. We are in such big trouble, Tom. <laughs> we are in such big trouble. Clayton Oliver will not play. Yeah, he's de- is that confirmed? He's de- he's- There's no way he's playing. Right. I don't have that confirmed, but yeah. he is not playing. Sure, I wouldn't play him. Bailey Fritch had scans on Monday. Right. He's not. He, there's a chance he doesn't play, mm-hmm. or if not, he's not playing in his best. Lockie Hunter, out. We're in big trouble, man. The only, what I would say, Braden, is the only time I've I've, written, I've looked at Melbourne this year and thought you guys were really bad mm. was when there was that game, you'll have to remind me, Bombers. where you had James Jordan and Sparrow and that playing the midfield minutes. Mm. And that's when you realise that those role players, when mm. given a bigger role, are actually not up to the level. We've lost twice this year in well, at the Adelaide Oval when it's raining. So that is a certain area that we don't like. Mm-hmm. Having said that, this week we don't have Clayton Oliver. Mm. And we're missing Lockie Hunter, who has almost been a better wingman than Ed Langdon yeah. for us. And more importantly, David King put it right in the spotlight: is they don't have the culture they had two years ago. Mm. They look like they're not. They're not. When Gorney got knocked to the ground and shoved into the ground, no one went and helped him. There's a. I, I'm genuinely worried. I am so worried. I, I, I need I'm, to see something. Yeah. Until then, I can't tip them. I'm worried that your core engine room of those four or five players mm. are potentially the best in the league, but you don't have someone to come in and, and replace them. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I still think you guys will win comfortably. Walyalum. They had a huge win last week against mm-hmm. the Cats, just coming out of great form. Luke Jackson back to the MCG. I tipped it. You tipped that Luke Jackson would come back to the MCG. I tipped that. In all my crazy tips, this is the one that came off. Yeah, you tipped Fremantle. You went win. at me for this. Who one. are you tipping for this game? Melbourne. Wow, for sure. That you know, you know what happened this time last year. What happened? Frio. Oh, well, you started going, going. They out. beat us. That was the first game we lost. Do you remember really? that? No, I yeah. don't remember that. We went on a three-game losing streak after playing this team. Mm. They kicked our ass in the second quarter. I think you were even, no, maybe you weren't there. Um, yeah, and I, I was might like, have been. I went we, to a we, of were, we were on a ten-game streak, and then we lost to Frio. And I right. remember having the energy of like this weird, like smarmy energy. Oh, forgot how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next game, we lost again. I think to Collingwood. Oh, yeah, and I went, yeah, I don't like that. That hurts. <laughs> and then the third game was Sydney. I'm like, we fucking suck. Yeah. Fucking on. And I lost my mind. Next game, GMHBA Stadium, Geelong taking on the GWS Giants. Now, what does GWS stand for, Tom? Greater Western Sydney. Correct. Two points for you. I'm tipping them. They have no chance in hell of winning that game. I'm just trying to look up whether Dangerfield's back, and he's still listed as short term. If Danger's back, there's no... I I think either way, actually. Surely, though, Tom, surely, Tom, it's not as simple as Danger plays, they win. Danger doesn't play, they lose. I know it's overly simplistic, but I think... I, I, yeah, it's overly simplistic for sure, but there's something in it. And same with when the Bunt plays well at Bulldogs, they win. Mm-hmm. When he has a quiet game or he doesn't play, 
they lose. But they have <laughs> other good players, Tom. Well, certainly. And Geelong does too. They have a lot of great players. And GWS are a developing team. You don't tip GWS? No, no. I'm tipping Geelong for sure. But, um, yeah. Interesting, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Saturday, 7.25. You get a lot... Gold Coast Suns get a lot of night games. Yeah, what's Is that up just with that? me? Like, I feel like they hide you. Maybe I don't know why they do that. Do they, do, do they put you guys at night so often because... In the Gold Coast, there's they get more numbers to Gold Coast. Like, it's that or it's Dar- to do a TV, right? It's in Darwin. Yeah, it's in Darwin. So it's a Darwin Heat thing. Yeah, right. Okay, but you're right. I think the last but f- four games we played Friday or Saturday nights. They, I wonder if they, who play, who's Channel Seven going to take here? Do they take the To Darwin game, which is interesting to look at, and the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. or do they take West Coast Bombers? There's. West Coast Essendon is going to be the most unwatchable game of football yeah. ever done. West Coast are in a shambles. I think they run. They just run with the Dons because they're top three club, right? As far as member size and that. I just I don't know. There's mm. a way of finding out, but I just genuinely can't be bothered because yep. I'm talking on a podcast. I need to keep that talking energy keep going. It going. I'm tipping the uh, doggies to win the t- the Darwin game. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. So you're going to tip. You think Gold Coast will win, and so do I. Gold I think, Coast. I said. Yeah. <laughs> And the cost is high. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you get. I think I, I. think you get to the buy with in a two-win streak. All oh, right. Yeah, because you're big on us winning in Darwin. Yes, I think it's got to happen. If you are, if Stuart Jew is to keep his job, mm. you need to win the next two games. Yeah, no. Can I, I put that on the? Uh, can I put that on the? Hundred percent. Because we've people like Dimmer potentially being available in six months. You know, he will not take Stuart Jew's job. They are best mates. Sure, but, you know, it's all fair. If Stewie Jew gets fired, right, then it's all fair, right? I don't know. I don't think there's a way that Dimmer Hardwick replaces Stewie Jew. Sure. Unfortunately. I was just thinking about how um, a lot of people were saying Richmond were good to um, let this happen now as opposed to the end of the season because they get that whole six months to look yes. for a coach. Yes, And if Gold Coast did... Similar mm-hmm. and fired Stuart Jew in two weeks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of water to go under the bridge until you're interviewing someone. That's true. So by That's then true. it might not feel like Dimmer's betraying anyone, you know? For Dimmer Hardwick to coach Gold Coast next year, he Stuart Jew would have to like give him his blessing. Totally. And I think at this point, like, let's be clear that there's no chance that Dimmer wants to return to coaching at any point. I think there's a vibe he does because he's very careful about the words he said. Really? He so said a lot of stuff like he, he he didn't say, I'm tired, I'm done. He said, right. I'm done here. He kept saying, this is as far as I can take this team. There was a real there was a real mentality or a real vibe. And even when he was asked about it, he said, do you want to coach again? He said, oh, I'm going to have a holiday in Ibiza. Yeah, nah, just I'm done with this club. Right. So there's an, there's an argument that he quit now so he can take Gold six, six months. Gold Coast. <laughs> so he can take six months off mm. and go to... Gold Coast. Ex- stop saying Gold Coast. Have a swim and it a would surf. Be, would be nice, but he would not be <laughs> planning to take Gold Coast. He's best mates with Stuart Jew. But I think he's put himself in the perfect position to be able to say at the end of the year, what options are there? Yeah. And if there's none good, come back in a year and say, what options are there? And then take the Tassie VFL team from there. Yeah. And the AFL will give him $40 million to do that. Do you think that the AFL should uh, lift the soft cap? Yes. Hmm. What does that mean? For where? For the, you know, that's a lot of coaches are saying they're burnt out and tired because of the yeah. soft cap stuff from COVID. Mm-hmm. But it is an equalization measure at the same time. Yes, it is. I think it's, they should just raise it a bit, maybe. 
I don't know, man. Oh, I don't know. They get paid so much money. Yeah, they totally AFL do. coaches get paid so much money. Yeah, like at least a mil a year, right? Yes. Like uh, the, 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 the average ones who are given a cracker in the 600s, 700s, yeah. which is a very good pay. Totally. I'd work 100 hours a week for 600 grand. Yeah, coaching football is something that you're passionate about. Yeah. And then you can just stop whenever you want. Because if you get if you work in a job where you're like six seven hundred grand a year for three or four years, mm. if you're smart with your money, you're pretty much good for a while. Yeah, I tell you what I'd do. What would you do? I'd buy a nice house down like Rosebud area, mm. like nothing fancy, just like a million dollar yeah, house yeah. down there. Pay it off. Yeah, so buy it outright, mm. and then I'd buy like a million dollar house in like Heidelberg as well. Live off the rent or live in both of them. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd live in both of them, and then just work at Coles, mate. No mortgage, it's, no worries, It is mate. hard for Dimmer Hardwick to work at Coles. I reckon I'd take him in the deli. But surely Damien Hardwick never mm. has to work again, right? No, I don't think so. Surely. No, if you're smart with your money, you don't. 13 you years as a head coach of an AFL team after a career as a football player. Well, think about it this way, right, Brandon? If you have a million dollars in your super mm. and you're getting a 6% return a year, that's 60 grand you're getting a year and you can live off that. That's the whole idea with super, right? Right. Surely Dimmer has a million dollars invested and owns his house, then he can live off that 60 grand of 6% return. Yeah. So yes. As so long he as you never has to work. Bucks. He never has to work again. No, as long as he's happy to live off 60 he, grand a year. So it's crazy to me to think that you love coaching so much that you wouldn't rather just walk around. <laughs> no. I'd so much rather go but to if you If you love coaching mm. and you've done it for 13 years and made a million dollars a year or whatever he made, mm. I'm exaggerating, it might not be a million. Like the best bet, Ruzi got like... 1.5 from Melbourne. Right. <laughs> um, why wouldn't you do what Paul Roos is doing, which is just coach for three years and then go live in Hawaii? Or yeah, totally. if you love coaching more than anything, yeah, coach the Rosebud team. Mm. I heard um, that Richmond might um, go after Buckley as well, which I'd be very keen on. Who, who, oh, oh, that is an interesting one. Yeah, I'd be very keen on them doing that. Why would you be keen on that? I just think Buckley's great. I think... Buckley's never won a premiership, right? As a player or a coach, right? No. For me, he's the one, as a player and a coach, who missed out. Like, or one of those players that absolutely deserved it and just didn't, you know? I gotcha. That's very interesting. We've got sidetracked. I'm yeah, tipping uh, Gold Coast to win, so I'm tipping Doggies. Yeah, I'm tipping Gold Coast. And I'm tipping West Coast. And I'm tipping Essendon. I'm going the double West. Western Bulldogs, West Coast. Love it. Why are West Coast... Can we stop airing the games? Yeah, I know, honestly. Bury them. It's really, really sad. Yeah. Hey, they've got like five, six players who are 29 to, th- to 47. What are you doing with them? They're in full rebuild now. I think the problem is none of them have any trade value. Like what, what's Gaff's trade value? Like zero. So I guess you just delist He'd them. have value to North Melbourne. He'd have value to Gold Coast. Wouldn't I mean, he? Well, no, because if he was showing up now, yes, he would. Yeah. Because he's still got leadership. He's still got... Yeah. Uh, look at me. Look at me. I'm the example. <laughs> if he can't do that with West Coast, what makes you think he's going to do that at North? What if you brought him in as a fringe player for a team like Geelong or Collingwood or Melbourne or something like that? Potentially, Brisbane. for sure. Yeah, like potentially. And say, if you are legit, you get in. If you're not legit, you don't get in. Totally. And I could make an argument for Collingwood or Melbourne doing that. I just can't make an argument for them giving up any more than like a third round pick for it or something. No, totally. Well, no, it's just, yeah, no, yeah, it's not. So just fucking delist them, mate, honestly. Like, (laughs) may as well. Dom Sheeds would still have value and stuff, but he's been a champion of the club. You wouldn't want to. What about Nicholas Natanui? 
Well, he's just never plays, right? Like, yeah. if he was playing right now, I think they'd genuinely be a good bit better. Yeah. Because he's that good. What about, uh, uh, what's the other one? Did you say Shui? Talk about Shui? Shui's always injured as well. Like, has historically been injured most of the mm. time. The ones I would move is Oscar Allen. What about Jack Darling? Jack Darling could 31. finish off his career somewhere. You might get a second round pick for him. But move Oscar Allen and you'll get serious stuff. Give him a chance to go somewhere else. Yeah. Get pick one, get a couple of picks for Oscar Allen. That sort of trade is what I think they need to do. And just you reckon Adam Simpson does this? Or do you get a new coach? I don't know if he's a rebuild coach. I, I don't know enough about him. You want someone like... I think Stuart Jew was brought in to Gold Coast as a rebuild coach, as a... Mm-hmm. As a coach who will work well with the players, make them feel comfortable, they blah, blah, blah. They're, they're the richest organization ever. Yeah. they um, It's a good gig. Like, if you start winning, they'll come back. 100%. And uh, so it's, it's it's not as hard, nowhere near as hard as... Yeah, if Simo's up for the rebuild, keep mm. him. Why not? He's clearly a good coach. Early game, Sunday 110, Port v. Richmond. At the G. I think Richmond bounce back and win this. You reckon just on a new coach, new vibe thing? No, I, I'm still... I, we had this argument on Sunday, and I'm still... They're one and a half games out of the eight. They can still make a run at the finals. Like I, I just think it's ridiculous how early we've gone at them. This is, is a, my opinion. This is a very interesting game, Thomas. Yeah. Because how many games have Port won in a row now? Seven. Seven. On the truck. And they're now facing a team that it's a danger game always. A week after a coach gets the sack, yeah. famously the, the team that lost the coach. And they're wins. still a fantastic team that has not played great this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Richmond could still make the eight. And it could be like the first team ever to win a flag with like their coach leaving in like round seven or whatever. Yeah, geez. That'd be very interesting. <laughs> That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? So uh, I'm tipping Richmond. Yeah. And you're tipping Richmond. Richmond. The next game. Oh, God. Collingwood have a very easy run here. Yeah. Holy hell, what a start. Oh Into the bye as well. Bye's are coming up soon. Collingwood taking on North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. 99% of people are tipping Collingwood. 1% of people are tipping North Melbourne. I'm in the 1%. Yeah. I'll be Should be a North. slaughter. Hey, isn't it weird that, like, Collingwood always play Friday night games until they play that one Anzac Day game? And then because of the one Anzac Day yeah. game, they have to play Sunday every week? There's, they've had three Sundays in a row. Yeah. And it's because the buyers coming out. I imagine they just play Sundays till the buyers and then they reset and they get the Friday night games again. Do you know what, right? There's an argument to put them in prime time because they've got the huge audience. There's mm-hmm. an argument, though, put them on Sundays because it up. doesn't matter. Yeah, they had, totally. What did they have? 80,000 at the Something count? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, just put them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's no, so good for football when they're playing well because yeah. every week it's a, like it's like it's like Billy Joel is playing at the MCG. <laughs> 20 Madison Square yeah. Gardens. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so many people go to those games. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's crazy. It's, 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 it's crazy that we're in a world where there's teams like JWS who are getting 5,000 to games and at the other end there's teams that are getting 90,000 to games. And don't even have that many members. It's just people who like to go. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Holy guacamole. Last game of the week, Crows taking on Brizzy. Adelaide, this is tough. Ooh. This is tough. This we, we should watch this in the office before we pod. No, that's what we do now. That's, that's our what ritual. Because um, I got our, we've got an editing suite, an auntie daughter editing suite here. Yeah, and we, I figured out how to put KO on it. So yeah. now, uh, which is a great app, by the way. <laughs> we love it. Um, I'm tipping crows. I'm tipping crows too. I think that, I think by by that I mean I'm tipping I mean, Brisbane. Yeah, they were so bad last week, but that's what I've been on the Adelaide train from the start. But they were so bloody bad last week. But I think 
At home, they bounce back. Brisbane doesn't travel that well. If Brisbane wins, then give them the premiership now. Absolutely. Uh, I I was you know I was uh, I was strong on Lions on Monday. Mm-hmm. Actually, it means I probably should tip them. I'm going to tip Adelaide because Brisbane could be the great white hope. Yeah. Mm. Bounce that pill. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. On Monday even. On Monday even. Mm. But in the meantime, I want you to bounce that pill. See you then. Mm-hmm.